You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with my good friend, John Beeler. we got a pretty cool program today. We're going to be talking about robots later on, about uh, robot vacuum cleaners and robot mops, specifically with the iRobot uh, people. They make the popular Roomba vacuum cleaners, so we're going to find out what's new with that. And can they clean your house as good as a regular vacuum? We'll get the lowdown. We'll also be talking about AI, artificial intelligence, when it comes to hiring Getting a little bit scared about that, uh, but more and more companies are using kind of automated uh, processes to help them narrow down the candidates through different types of tests through the application process. Does it work? Well, we'll find out. We've uh, got uh, Caitlin McGregor. She's the CEO and co-founder of Plum, a, uh, a website and company that helps uh, businesses uh, find the right people. And uh, we'll be talking about all the stuff happening in Congress this week down in the U.S. Uh, all the big tech leaders were called in front of Congress to talk about potential anti-competitive behavior in their different companies and industries. So uh, we're talking about uh, Amazon with Jeff Bezos, Tim Cook at Apple, Mark Zuckerberg at uh, Facebook, uh, Google. I forget who else. Uh, they're all there, <laughs> essentially, basically singing why they are great companies and not being anti-competitive. So we'll uh, uh, be talking about some of the our, our favorite uh, uh, interchanges that uh, happened uh, during uh, those hearings. Let's talk about some of the news uh, this week. Uh, the big one for me, John, the Consumer Electronics Show, the one we go to every year in January in Vegas, like 170,000 nerds all show up there to see the latest gear and gadgets. Not happening this year. It's going fully digital. Surprised? Not at all. We kind of saw this coming. Uh, we've seen a couple other big uh, conferences and events that had a big, we're definitely on, we're definitely on. Oh, now we're not on, uh, at least not in person. And um, so the kind of wasn't a surprise. Uh, we were getting some emails a little while ago saying, hey, you know, we're have, doing it in person. We hope you come. I think uh, like we talked about uh, off air, basically I think they didn't get enough vendors to commit this early on without knowing too many other things about what's going on in the state of uh, Nevada and, and the U S in general, as far as, you know, should we send employees there? Should we, you know, buy a big booth again, that kind of thing and and how that would all work. Cause like you said, there's like 170,000 people that typically would show up to this event. And even if a fraction of that showed up, there's still tons of infrastructure. Uh, there's tons of restaurants and hotels and all this other stuff that would, you know, be crawling with people no matter what. And uh, it just doesn't seem like a, a very safe place to be right now, at least. No, too many nerds, too many tight spaces. Uh, I I will be interested to see if it happens the following year uh, with a lot of these conferences. If you own a Garmin uh, tracking uh, device, fitness tracker, you uh, might uh, be aware of this story. For those folks, uh, late last week, they weren't able to access the Garmin website and cloud services. Uh, you know, Typically, these uh, fitness trackers upload uh, all your fitness activity to the cloud, so it's stored there safely. Well, apparently it wasn't safe because Garmin got hit by a ransomware attack, which I was actually quite surprised. Mm-hmm. It's not often you hear of a big big company like Garmin uh, falling prey to these types of attacks. Uh, you think they would have you know a very strong cybersecurity force behind them. And um, you know when I first heard about this story, I was kind of like, okay, so that means I can't upload my steps. 
Um, but when you think about what Garmin actually does, they're actually a pretty big leader in the navigation space, the GV, GPS navigation space. And a lot of pilots were having problems as well, which, you know, could have some pretty bad implications down the, uh, you know, if they're not able to get their flight data uh, uploaded and get proper data downloaded, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's some pretty scary impl- implications of, you know, what would be typically thought of as a cyber attack, but it could potentially harm people if if uh, some of that information was wrong, for example. Don't have many details on exactly who it was. They think it was this uh, group of hackers called the Evil Corp. Uh, Sounds like some Austin Powers uh, group that lives in a hollowed out... Mr. Robot. Yeah. Mr. Robot reference. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I gotta gotta pick that uh, show up again. Um, And they didn't say how much the ransomware was. So Garmin did come out and say it didn't affect user data uh, as far as like their personal information or the Garmin pay because some of the uh, fitness trackers you can use to pay uh, for stuff at uh, stores. Uh, But essentially, you know, I guess they are coming up with a solution to get everything back online again. This was kind of an interesting uh, one, John. Uh, Mac, you know, the Mac operating system. Uh, OS 8 is now an app you can download and install on any Mac, uh, Windows PC or Linux. So you can run old, old Mac software. Yeah, what what's really kind of cool about this is a you know it's free, um, but it's written in in JavaScript. And so, what's and, why is that interesting? Well, it, it's it's a fairly accessible language that's typically used for writing things like websites, and uh, for for it to be this complex and robust and being written in javascript is very impressive i mean yeah it is and it is emulating an uh a mac from like 1991 so it's not a super powerful computer and i'm not quite sure i haven't tried installing this yet myself uh how robust this emulation actually is or if it's just dog slow um but it's kind of fun and and it has a bunch of games built into it and uh and apps so you can try like photoshop 3 illustrator 5 and uh there's even apple's own web page construction kit included which (laughs) could be kind of fun to build a 1991 era website well this is kind of cool because um this guy was also uh um his name is uh, Felix uh, Reisberg. He made a, an app uh, to run Windows ninety five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I, I don't know. If, I don't know crazy. if you want to do that, but <laughs> who knows? Yeah. But anyway, these uh, these are free, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, I'm kind of all, you know we we were also talking about like well, what are the copyright implications of some of this old stuff too and uh, I thought it was kind of neat that uh, this particular Macintosh one includes uh, a Macworld disc from like you know back in the day so it's got a bunch of demos for a bunch of stuff that you know uh, you probably haven't seen for decades exactly well uh, we're going to have to take a break I just want to throw to our contest really quickly we're giving away a Samsung uh, A71 smartphone this thing is all kinds of awesome if you want a chance to win Go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, hit the newsletter tab, and subscribe uh, to, uh, to win, and you'll be entered into all the contests uh, this year. When we come back from the break, artificial intelligence in hiring employees. Is it a good route to go? We'll find out. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Still lots to talk about on today's uh, program. We're going to be talking with the, uh, the robot people, the iRobot people, about some cool new robot vacuums and uh, robot mopping devices, <laughs> some really neat stuff. Right now, though, we want to talk about uh, getting hired. 
Uh, you know, it's kind of a crazy time uh, right now with uh, COVID-19 and the lockdown in many areas. A lot of folks uh, are looking for work. Uh, a lot of companies uh, uh, are looking uh, for employees uh, as well during these changing times. We've got uh, an interesting guest uh, here online. We've uh, got Caitlin McGregor. She's the CEO and co-founder at Plum. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I wanted to get you on the program because you've got this really unique kind of process or, or, or program that helps, uh, I guess, employers connect with uh, employees, uh, in some cases using artificial intelligence. Can you kind of give us the Reader's Digest uh, version of that, and then we'll kind of dive into some of the, uh, the meatier parts? Yeah, so we're actually taking best practices from industrial organizational psychology, and we're automating them with technology to help us assess at scale people's innate talents, like their ability to innovate, communicate, work well on teams. At the end of the day, we're able to quantify what drives people and allows them to excel and you know really be at the top of their game, and what drains them ultimately leads to burnout and them coming home or being at home at the end of the day saying you know that they're really not feeling fulfilled. And so we're able to quantify those innate parts of who somebody is, what makes them human, and then match them to the behavioral needs of a job. So even if somebody has no prior experience, we can predict whether or not they would thrive in that position if they were given the opportunity. And so how do you do that? Uh, Is it like a test? Do you have to go to a website? Uh, I mean, there's obviously two parts. You've got to figure out what uh, the company or the employer needs and maybe their culture and and what have you. But uh, also then, yes, you've got to determine what the employees are all about or potential employees. So the first step is that individual. It's a 25-minute assessment. Now, I think we would all love it for to be a magic button and the internet just knows exactly who we are, but there's no no passive way of catching this, this information. We, we have to actively assess it, and we're assessing for people's problem-solving ability, how they prioritize their personality, and looking at social intelligence. So how do they people problem-solve? And that combined gives us a profile. People can take it for free right off of our website, plum.io and get their own report in terms of what are their top talents. And uh, and then if they are an employee at a company where they're looking at internal opportunities, they would go even deeper and get a, a full professional development report that would give them all 10 of their talents in order of priority and development suggestions. So that's on the individual side to understand who they are. And then on the employer side, we basically have an eight-minute survey and it acts like, you know, we all know KPIs, key performance indicators. You wouldn't use KPIs from a competitor. You wouldn't use KPIs from five years ago. You want the manager to set what are the goals for for the person to achieve. Well, we're understanding the behavioral needs of the job. Through this eight-minute survey, we curate the opinion from job experts, and they narrow down which KBIs, key behavioral indicators, are needed for somebody to succeed. Do you need them, you know, uh, persuading people? Do you need them to work well on a team? Do you need them to come up with out-of-the-box ideas or to pay attention to detail and it's asked more in, in behavioral type questions to get at the essence of what are the priorities uh, for the job and then we match people to jobs this is a 99 match that's a 82 match that's a 55 match and it's all based on how well their behaviors uh, and their innate talents match the job how does the artificial intelligence factor into all of that 
Yeah, so really in, in the, we're using artificial intelligence in a quite loose meaning in that we have automated and scaled what in the past you would have an industrial organizational psychologist do manually. So with the technology and the algorithms of the matching, we're speeding that up to a way that no human could do. And, and so we're really using it to automate and scale the process. And, and in that respect, it's, it's artificial intelligence in that it's speeding up the humans. Now, another interpretation of uh, artificial intelligence is getting into the nitty-gritty of things like natural language processing or machine learning. We're not doing that because the way that machine learning works is that it learns based on past data, and it simply is a machine that replicates past. It, it's a pattern-matching machine. And the problem with that is that just because somebody was able to sell, you know, they could be a salesperson selling phone books, you know, that may predict that they can sell phone books at company A and B, but if that person now needs to sell cybersecurity, that pattern recognition isn't going to be an accurate reflection of the transferability of them. You really need to not rely on those past patterns that are often, you know, incorrect in terms of measuring performance, and you need to get into the industrial organizational psychology. So we go on that side of it more. I've been reading, uh, you know, there's companies out there like yours uh, and big companies that have their own internal systems that do these testings. Um, some people are learning how to game the system when they're taking the tests or, or sending in their resumes. Uh, as you can imagine, like, um, you know, a large co company like Apple must get, you know, hundreds if not thousands of applications. They're inserting all the right keywords and stuff into the cover letters or, or trying to say the right things in, in, in the test. Like, how do you overcome that? Yeah, so I mean, when you're looking at a machine learning system that's just picking up on keywords, it really is how many keywords can you jam into your resume. I, I literally was looking into a company last night where I uploaded my resume, and then it's like pick, you know, and it's a self-assessment in that, like, pick what, what you think you are. And the first time I went through, I was a 84 match for CEO jobs. And then I'm like, oh, well, I have all these keywords as well. And by the time I populated 99 keywords, well, all of a sudden I was an 82 match. And it was just by selecting keywords. We, we're completely against that kind of system. What we're looking at is prioritizing where you are spending your time and energy on things that are a bit more universal than uh, I know how to use Illustrator or I know I'm proficient in Excel. I'm looking at things like when you have to decide between, you know, 10 different tasks that are thrown at you and you only have two hours to get them done, which ones are you naturally gravitating towards and which one in an ideal world would you delegate to somebody else? So I'll, I'll use myself for example. If I have to choose between going out for beers with people as a team building activity at five o'clock on a Thursday night, or I have to follow up with a client to, you know, help send the sales presentation that I, I gave them to help them see that there's this totally different future they weren't even thinking about. If I think of what fills me up and energizes me, it's convincing that client that there's this new reality they never thought about and it's not going out for beers um, to spend more time with teamwork. And if I have to pick between the two, I'll stay in and keep doing that work. And so we put people in these situations where, you know, would you, you know, do you respect authority? You know, do you always finish what you start? You know, do you make friends easily? You know, which ones are most like you and least like you? as well as some cognitive pieces that get at the heart of how people prioritize their time and, and what energizes them. So beer or doing the work for the client, <laughs> that's a tough choice. 
And I, I, I would pick the, you know, the, it is such a win when you can change somebody's mind. Uh, my top talents are persuasion, decision-making, and adaptability. So, you know, I thrive in new challenges and new opportunities to, to convince people, whereas it is draining on me to prioritize team-building activities. Obviously, it's important and, and it's great, but I'll do those once a month instead of, you know, hitting the water cooler on Zoom every single day. So for companies that use your system, uh, and, and just quickly before uh, I forget, uh, where can people go to take that, um, that test? Yeah, it's plum.io, and uh, they can take it free and get their, their profile and learn about their top three talents, and they can share that online. Uh, and so quickly for companies that are, are using your system, it's not just for uh, hiring new people. They can continue to use it uh, in, their, in their company. Exactly. One of the biggest things that we've seen, and I think COVID's a good example of that, is companies have made pledges. They're not going to fire anybody. But if all of a sudden your salespeople are sitting idle because sales have paused, then where can you repurpose them? Uh, we have a, a person in our company named Laura. She's a perfect example. She was an underwriter at an insurance company for six years. And even though she was a top performing underwriter, she was burnt out and she was really looking for a career change. And she joined our tech company as a customer success manager. And now almost three years later, she's one of our top product managers. There's no software other than Plum that would tell you that an underwriter would be an amazing product manager. And let's face it, every insurance company is becoming a tech company. So it's, you know, she knows the product, she knows the company, she knows the company values, she knows what they need to automate, but on paper, she had no product management experience. So we're able to provide that data for companies to help them with internal mobility and career pathing, but also reorgs and workforce planning, as well as development. So that professional development of, you know, what does Laura need to work on uh, or feels like she would want to work on so that things are less draining and more energizing for her, uh, but also understanding team dynamics and how, how people would work together or where are your most adaptable people or most innovative people so that as you spin up a new part of your company, you know how to redeploy people into those roles. We're talking with Caitlin McGregor. She's a CEO and co-founder at Plum. The address again? Plum.io. That's P-U-L-M dot I-O. That's easy to remember. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Stick around. We'll uh, be chatting with the the robot people about the the latest robot vacuums, maybe ones in your future. And uh, the big tech leaders were hauled in front of Congress this week. We'll give you the lowdown on what happened there as well. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Well, Congress uh, brought forward uh, some of the big tech leaders uh, to talk about uh, competition in the tech space this week. Uh, a lot of funny exchanges uh, happening. So uh, we had Amazon's uh, Jeff Bezos, Apple's CEO Tim Cook. Uh, we also had uh, the Google CEO, uh, Facebook uh, as well. Uh, some interesting uh, you know, responses to the question. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook said uh, that he had intense competition. Uh, so he had big competition from Apple's iMessage, for example. Also, uh, apps like TikTok and uh, YouTube uh, as well. Apple's Tim Cook basically said, <laughs> this was interesting, they're not dominant in any market. Uh, our goal is <laughs> is the best, not the most. And it basically said they don't have a dominant share in any market or in any product category where they do business. Which was an interesting stance. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I can see that. I guess the the one uh, the one area that uh, some critics uh, have complained about is 
Apple's App Store rules and how there are no other app stores on the Apple platform. So uh, everyone has to basically go by their rules or they can't play in the sandbox. Yeah, but I, I always struggle with this line of, uh, you know, um, anti-competitive nature because it's Apple's store. They've decided that this is how they want to do it. Um, yeah. You go into a restaurant and they have a sign on the door saying no shirt, no shoes, no service. That's their rules, right? <laughs> like you can choose to go there or you can choose not to. Yeah. And um, so that th- this is the thing I always struggle with. I-, I think it's kind of silly and a developer doesn't have to develop on, on Apple if they don't want to. Um, but if they want to, they have to pay the, the ferry person. Yeah. Know? Pay so. the piper. I, I mean, there is competition in essence really because if they just hated the the rules that apple has they could go over to the google android platform uh Mm -hmm. you know i think google's uh policies and rules are probably very similar on the google play store but on the android platform there are also other app stores as well right but those other app stores don't necessarily have the same weight or um uh, accessibility that say the Google store would have because you know the average person unless they're a tech nerd like us they're not going to know about an alternate store yeah. it's going to be a challenge for them to install that exactly uh, any other favorite exchanges uh, with uh, the <laughs> the GOP and some of the tech guys well every time the tech people get brought before you know any anybody in the US it seems any politician any politician they use it as a personal tech support genius bar you know like how often do you get to actually ask you know the head of google you know i'm having problems with my dad's gmail like what a wasted opportunity was he joking no he was he was actually mad because his father oh my god his father uh it wasn't getting his congressional emails uh about the election and you know props to google ceo sundar puchai Pichai, Pichai, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I apologize. Um, he was basically, you know, very calm and very collected about how he responded to him and basically told him it's probably in your, either in your spam folder or in one of these other tabs. Yeah. And, um, but the congressman uh, from Florida, of course, uh, Greg Straub, uh, he basically seemed pretty incredulous that, you know, his dad's email would be problematic and that Google couldn't fix it. <laughs> it's just like oh dear god like what does that have to do with anti-competitive stuff right? nothing like, absolutely nothing what a waste of time yeah what a waste of time and we saw this before though i remember tim cook being there for uh, something and one of the congressmen asked him to help fix his iphone and just like no not the time no not the time okay we're gonna have to take uh, another break uh so we've uh, still got some more stuff to talk about and we'll, we'll go through our contest uh, as well we're giving away a great samsung smartphone this week listen to get connected here on the course radio network back after this you are back with get connected mike agarbo here with john beeler let's talk robots for the past several years uh, i've uh, been using robot vacuum cleaners in my house uh, specifically ones from uh, the irobot folks well they've uh, got some new gear and we wanted to chat about it and uh, to see if uh, this is uh, the next level in uh, vacuum automation we've got brent hild on the line he's a senior product manager over at irobot thanks for joining us thank you so, uh, like I said, I've uh, been using uh, some of your robots uh, in my house for a few years now, and uh, I, 
I think they're fantastic. You know, I get a lot of people questioning me, you know, are these robot vacuums kind of there yet? Are they just as good as regular vacuums? And I have to say, yes, I've got two small dogs. And whenever they do their rounds around the the house, uh, the amount of hair they pick up, I could make a new dog uh, out of it. So, I mean, I I can see it it really works. So wanted to talk about some of the new stuff uh, you have today. Uh, One that was I I was really interested in, I believe it was your uh, S9 Plus model. And so this is kind of looks like your regular uh, Roomba uh, model, but it's also got a big canister uh, at the docking station for it to, I guess, uh, dump uh, all the, the stuff it picks up. Yeah, so the Roomba S9 is actually our flagship product. So we just introduced that um, about this time last year. And uh, it's really designed to clean a hole over your home uh, with great detailed performance. Um, one thing you will know if you are actually familiar with a Roomba, uh, our, our traditional Roombas are, are actually circular in shape, but uh, the Roomba S9 kind of deviated from that a little bit and actually has a square front. And the reason we did that is we changed the shape to accommodate what we call the perfect edge cleaning system. Um, And this perfect edge cleaning system is not only incredible at cleaning kind of an interior of a space, but really where it shines is as it cleans along walls and deep in the corner. Um, We added a bunch of we kind of did an overhaul, I guess, of the of the cleaning system, and you'll notice a lot of different components with it if you if you took a look at it. Um, one is we have a newly redesigned corner brush, so we have a corner brush that's in the upper right hand corner of the robot that really kind of pushes into corners and gets the dirt and debris that accumulate there. Um, the multi-surface rubber brushes, which were traditionally kind of more in the center of the of, of our Roomba, we've actually moved it all the way to the front so we can get it as close to the areas we want to clean. And then we have a considerably more powerful vacuum motor. So it's 40x suction of our of our 600 series. So it's a very powerful vacuum. In it. Sorry, 40 times more. 40 times more. Yeah, <laughs> so significantly more. And you hear it as well, right? So it has that nice, powerful roar as it goes through and, and cleans throughout your home. What's the What's the battery life on that thing? Uh, so it really is dependent on the type of home you have, the size of the home, and whether you, what your mix is of carpets, rugs, and hard floor. Um, but in kind of the um, standard quiet clean mode, it'll, it'll be over two hours of runtime. But traditionally, we actually don't see that uh, being an issue because we have what we call imprint smart maps. And so this Roomba is actually intelligent enough to map your whole home. And with just a little bit of context, you'll, you'll actually have a floor plan of your house and you can label things like, this is my kitchen, this is my living room. And what we see people doing, especially uh, people that seem to be working from home uh, during this COVID crisis, is you'll see people um, will just say, hey, Roomba, go clean the living room or go clean the kitchen. And so you'll just do a couple rooms at a time. But it can also, of course, do the whole house um, and, and everything in one shot. And that's the thing I love about uh, the the Roombas. Uh, one of the models I have uh, maps the house out as well, and it, it's so cool to be able to actually uh, tie it in with my um, my voice assistant and and you know tell Alexa, hey, get. Uh, uh, the vacuum to do the front hall. You know, you don't want it to do the whole thing. Maybe you got company coming over and there's a bit of dirt in the front hall. It can just do that one spot, which is amazing. Oh, absolutely, it's a it's a wonderful technology, and it, and it's great if you have kids <laughs> because you can never have the whole home uh, all cleaned in in one spot because they're always making a mess. They're always in one place or another. So when they leave the bedroom in the morning, I send it in to clean that space. Um, so it's a, it's a real convenience factor as far as that's concerned. 
the big plus for me though is the the canister so uh this docking station uh it's got the charger obviously so when uh, uh the little robot needs uh, some more juice it goes back there but it can also then go back there to empty its load essentially it gets sucked up into this this canister yeah, absolutely. That's one of the really nice features is we call it the clean base automatic dirt disposal. And so actually inside that is a powerful vacuum motor um, in addition to what we call an allergen lock bag. And so normally if you uh, run a mission, you would actually have to, at the end of it, go in and clean out the bin manually. But with this, you don't have to. It goes back, docks, and it'll automatically evacuate, even if it's in the middle of a cleaning job. Um, and all of that's stored and heavily compacted inside that bag. Um, the really nice thing about the bag is it'll hold up to 60 days of debris and it actually acts as a filter. So all of the, the pollen and mold dust mites that it picks up off the floor, it actually traps and contains that inside the bag of the uh, dirt disposal. What kind of uh, consumables then are we looking at on, uh, on this particular model? Uh, obviously, you've got to replace the bags every couple months. Uh, on the vacuum itself, what, what else would you have to replace after time? Um, over time, you'll eventually have to, the, you know, parts will just wear out over time. So you'll have to replace the corner brush maybe once to twice a year. Uh, the main brush, you may have to, re- that's the, the large uh, dual rollers at the front of the robot. You may have to replace that um, maybe once a year. And then uh, there's, a, there's a, a really high efficiency filter inside the robot. Um, and depending on how much you run it, you may have to replace that a couple times a year as well. So we're talking uh, with the uh, iRobot folks. We got uh, Brent Hild on the line. Uh, that was the uh, the S9 Plus uh, model. I also had a chance. Uh, you know, that's obviously the flagship one, but you've got a like a whole line of them. Uh, I also got a chance to try out the uh, the E5. Uh, that's kind of like kind of the middle middle of the road. Uh, E5 is more of an entry-level product, Got it. and it's really designed, um, it, it's a great product designed with smaller spaces in mind, so it, it, you know, if you have an apartment, it's great for that. Um, we know that a lot of pet lovers love the Room B5, again, because we have that, that multi-service rubber brush technology in there, and it's great at picking up pet hair, so if you have lots of pets, lots of pet hair, um, this is a, a, a godsend for you. Um, and we also have an incredible filtration system for the E5 that that captures 99% of mold, pollen, dust mite, but also like dog and cat allergens as well. What, what I liked about that particular one as well, uh, it, it didn't have the big canister back at the base, but uh, you basically take out the little basket out of the robot and you get alerts when it's full. So, you know, yep. you don't have to guess. Um, and uh, you just dump that into the, the garbage. And the nice thing too is you can actually wash that, uh, that little basket uh, under, under the tap as well. Yep, that's absolutely right. Um, when you're done with the cleaning mission, you empty it out, you take off the filter, and then you can just rinse it out very quickly, let it dry, put the filter back in, and, and you're ready to go. It, it, it's funny, uh, you know, I've, I've got a few of these. They, they've lasted for years. I haven't had any problems. Uh, John, you know, Steven on our team, he says he's had six <laughs> six of these robots and they're still Love going to hear that <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know how this works he says he's got a couple of them that that do the outside for him as well i know they're probably not designed for that whatsoever <laughs> but it's just a testament to how uh, how strong these uh these little guys are yeah, yeah there's a oh go ahead sorry I was just going to say, Stephen just loves his Roombas, and he actually buys broken ones and fixes them. Oh, does so, he? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's fantastic. We, it, you'd be surprised. We have uh, customers that call in that have, like, some of the original Roombas, like the ones, you know, we've been in this business for, geez, 
uh, developing Roomba, I think 2002 is when we first introduced the Roomba. And we have people that still have Roombas from back then. And of course, we, we don't really have the parts for those anymore because that's, that's quite some time ago. Um, but every now and then you'll get someone who calls in and they just have this emotional attachment to the robot. <laughs> and so you'll see engineers, product managers, will be like going through stockpiles. It's like, well, do we have this? Maybe we can find a replacement part or whatever. Um, kind of like Apollo 13, you're like trying to assemble this, <laughs> this thing back right. together again. Uh, let's talk about uh, your your mops. And I, I was pretty excited about uh, a new uh, uh, mop in, I believe it's your Brava line. So the vacuums obviously are, are vacuums, uh, but uh, the Brava line actually can, can mop your hardwood and laminate floors and tile floors. Yeah, absolutely. So um, with the S9 Plus, we also launched the BravaJet M6. And really, this is a, a robotic mopper that's designed to mop or can dry sweep as well your entire home up to a thousand square feet. Um, it comes with both uh, wet mopping pads and dry sweeping pads for impressive cleaning on all hard surfaces. Um, just like with the S9, though, it also has a smart map. So you can create these smart maps and you say you want to just mop the kitchen. It knows where the kitchen is and it can go mop there as well. Um, I think one of the, the features that I love about it the most, besides it's just how well it cleans um, and taking the fact away from me that I, I actually hate to mop. So this is a really nice robot to have um, is that you can actually link it. We call this imprint link with a Roomba. So if you have a Roomba and a, a BravaJet M6, you can kind of get that perfect clean. And so what you can do is you set it up and S9 will go out and vacuum the floors. And then when it's done, it actually talks to the BravaJet M6 and says, hey, I'm done cleaning. You can, you can actually go mop. And then the M6 will go out and mop. And then, you know, if you if you were away for the day and you come back, your house is not only vacuumed, it's also mopped as well. I didn't know they had that link feature. That is pretty, uh, <laughs> that is pretty awesome. Uh, does that work with most uh, Roombas or which Roombas would that work with? Uh, yep, it works with most of our newer Roombas. So it works with the 900 series. It does work with the E5, the i7, the S9. Very cool. No, uh, I, I've for a couple of years now, uh, I've been using that little Brava Jet. It's kind of like a small little one. Uh, you know, I've got teenagers. They love it because uh, they've got their own bathroom and they just, you know, put the water in that thing and they just let it run through there to, to clean the whole thing. So I was pretty excited. This new one is actually a, a decent size that could actually do a large uh, area of floor. Yeah, the, the BravaJet 240 was the predecessor to the uh, BravaJet M6. When we launched it, it was really designed to be a small robot that does like a single space. Um, but we had such positive reactions from our customers. And along with that also came great feedback, said, hey, we love this. Can you make it do more, clean better, do a larger space? And so we took that to heart. And that's, uh, that's kind of how we started the development of the BravaJet M6. We're talking with Brent Hild. He is the senior product manager over at iRobot, uh, the folks that uh, make uh, the Brava robotic mops and uh, the Roombas. I want to thank you for joining us, Brent. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. Just want to throw to the contest one more time. We are giving away some great prizes this month, uh, including a Samsung A71 smartphone. This thing is uh, all kinds of cool. Uh, runs the Android operating system. And if you want a chance to win this phone, all you need to do is hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. On our newsletter tab, if you subscribe to our newsletter, our e-newsletter, not only will you get some uh, great uh, tech news uh, once a week, you will also be entered into the Get Connected contest, which uh, 
we are literally giving away thousands of dollars of prizes uh, this year. So it's uh, a fantastic opportunity to try to win some uh, cool uh, gear. Uh, this phone is uh, pretty cool, uh, John. I, th- I think it's uh, you know worth uh, close to five hundred bucks. Uh, so it's uh, it's a great uh, great prize. Fantastic screen on it and super fast uh, as well. And the camera is amazing on it. So mm-hmm. again, uh, get connected. And it's free. And it's free if you win. Getconnectedmedia.com. Don't forget to uh, tune in to our sister show uh, every Sunday. Uh, you can also uh, check it out uh, on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. The App Show. Tomorrow we'll be uh, talking about 5G and how everyone has to get along to make sure that all of this technology works together. We'll be talking with the folks at Hewlett Packard Enterprise. They've got a special secret lab where they make that all happen. It's like super fascinating. We'll also be uh, chatting about uh, Amazon Alexa. Whether you love it or hate it, uh, it's getting smarter. They're using even more artificial intelligence uh, to uh, get the stuff uh, done that you need done when you talk to it. That's all the time we have left. I want to thank the uh, team that helped put the show together. We'll see you again next time.